Mariah. Hi. Welcome to Spiritual Slang. Hello there. <laughs> How does it feel to be here? It feels crazy because all of the phone calls, all the conversations that we've had mm-hmm. about how you've been attacked so much with your voice mm-hmm. and how no one would expect from your family, like the people that know you the most, that you would be talking and mm-hmm. that's like your biggest gift. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's making me all warm inside right now. <laughs> that's crazy how you said it's like my biggest gift because I still don't see it as like my biggest gift. Mm-hmm. I see like my ability to maybe like relate to people as like the biggest gift. And then that's like how I do the podcast. But you're right. It is like a form like me speaking is a form of a gift. But like it's crazy how you have to kind of I think that's also why, well, now that we're talking about that, because (laughs) this is why I had Mariah on the episode, because she's one of my closest friends. I consider you like a best friend, Mm -hmm. Um, not like a best friend, a best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've been friends for like three and a half years or three and almost a half years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what I love about our friendship the most is not only can we relate to each other on like a whole different level where our past lives looked very similar Mm -hmm. in a lot of aspects, which we'll get into today, because I mean, if you could have told us, I don't know, seven years ago that we'd be sitting here talking about the Lord and talking about like what we've been through, I would have probably like laughed in your face and been like, let's go get a drink. Type of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Like that vibe. Um, but not only can we relate to each other, but I feel like our friendship is an example of what the Bible says about like iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. And we're not like yes friends. Like we tell each other like it straight basically. Right. Um, but at the same time, we speak to the highest version of each other or we mm-hmm. are like a mirror to each other. Yeah. And like, I think in your, my friendship with you, you've always just seen me at like the person that I knew I was, but I wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like her more, but like even before then, like three years ago, like you still saw me as her, but like, I was like, it just feels unattainable, you know? And it's not something I told you, but it's something I felt. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think that's why it's so important. I think I know it's so important for like people to have really good community in them because they need to be a mirror of who you truly are Mm -hmm. and not who you see yourself as in that moment. Because sometimes we don't see ourselves as like a good version. Sometimes we don't see ourselves as the version that God calls us to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when we have someone in our life that's like a mirror to us and it's like, this is you, like, you're a speaker, you do this and you pour into and they pour into you. You can at some point like reach that and feel like it becomes you in a sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's definitely been so many moments where you have spoken life where the enemy was getting at me in my head and I was mm-hmm. tr- I just wanted to shrink. All I wanted to do was shrink. All I wanted to do was stop what I was doing. And I would call you and you would just speak life to me. And I needed that so bad in those moments. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, I want to bring up like the most <laughs> pivotal time in my walk with God where God was really showing me how important community is. So I got diagnosed with RA a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think I had told you in the group, like I was going through like a little bit of pain and it was hurting me to walk. And then there was just a day where I couldn't get out of bed mm-hmm. and I was crying. I was worshiping and God literally told me call Chanel. So I called her and instantly like she heard me crying. and she's like, what's wrong? And then I told her what happened and she prayed for me and I was literally able to get out of bed mm-hmm. and God literally put, I said this before, but God, God puts keys in other people to help your healing journey. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I, not that I was keeping, uh, maybe I was keeping it hidden that I was in so much pain because I didn't go to the emergency room yet to find out what I was really going through. Um, but once I did 
open up, I felt like a weight come off of me. And then after I opened up to you, I was able to open up to everyone else in the group. But you have been such a safe space for me where when I feel attacked by family members, where I feel attacked by just my mental, you've been able to step in and fight for me. And I, everyone needs that. And it, it's so crazy because I remember the times where I really, really prayed for it. And I also remember the times back in the day when I was um, around friends that would be manipulative, that would mm-hmm. be condescending. And I remember being around you and getting triggered like she's probably meaning this in a negative way. And then God was like, no, 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 like she's really sweet. Mm-hmm. And then I had to really think about you. And I'm like, yeah, she really is like mm-hmm. this is so new to me. So not only is there trauma in relationships like your love life, but there's also trauma in friendships. But I'm just so grateful that we have been that space for each other, that we know what we come from. Mm-hmm. So we're also able to like be gentle with mm-hmm. one another. That is so good. And like, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about is like toxic relationships, but also toxic friendships. Mm-hmm. Because we've never actually, we've talked about our toxic friendship like history, but we've never talked about how it affected us in our current friendship. Mm-hmm. And like, there were things that you did also that I was like, does she mean it this way? Or yeah. like, is she not texting me because of this? Like not now, but there were times where I was like triggered. Yes. And it's like so wild how it like affects what you go through in the past affects your current life. Sometimes on a daily basis, even when you feel like your most whole or like healed version. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing before we get into like the toxic friendship thing, I kind of want to talk about um, something just bouncing off of that, which is like, you've been a safe space for me too, but also like a place where I can't fake the funk. You yes. Know? And I remember this one specific time. <laughs> and I don't, we never talked about it, but you knew it. But um, I remember this one specific time, and I was like trying to debate whether or not I should go to the guy's birthday. Yes. So I, was, <laughs> I was like, one's dating and like, but not dating anymore, but like we were friends or whatever. And I was like, oh, I was trying to decide like whether to go to a birthday, and I was talking to ex, these two people or whatever. Um, and you were like, why didn't you call me? No. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, but subconsciously it was because I knew you were going to tell me no. And yes. I like, sometimes you don't want to be like told no, you know, but I love that about you and our friendship is that like, you're going to keep it real with me. You're not going to be like, okay, yes. go, go see or like go try it out or whatever. But you'll be like, no, and then I'm going to be convicted and then I'm, no, I'm really not going to go, you know? And so I didn't end up calling you. And then I did go. And then after the fact, you're like, why didn't you call me? And then after I was like, I'm not completely mad that I didn't go, but like, or that I did go, but I'm like, maybe I shouldn't go. Maybe I should have mm-hmm. called Mariah. So. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but so the reason I wanted to have you on my show, I think I said a little bit, which is obviously like our friendship and everything like that. Um, but we have experienced so much life together in the only in the like three and a half years that we've known each other we've like you said gone through illnesses like Mm -hmm. you got married we've gone through things we had to lay down we've gone through things that you know like finding more community because like at the time when i met you i think it wasn't like as expanded or whatever Mm -hmm. as it is now um so i wanted to talk about that but i also wanted to talk about so i guess we'll get into toxic friendships now (laughs) actually we're gonna start with toxic relationships okay me and mariah have a very similar past when it comes to like toxic relationships Mm -hmm. um and both of ours and even though they're not like as recent or like a year ago or anything like that it did happen i think around the same time when we were in high school um i'll let her tell her story but i'll give a little insight into mine before we get into the full nitty-gritty and i was in a very toxic relationship when i was in high school i considered them like my high school sweetheart and i was like 16 years old 
And this part, I don't, because I didn't grow up with a dad, like I didn't really know what, how to be loved by a man or like what essentially that looked like. Mm -hmm. um, so I was kind of like accepting whatever that came in essentially. And it's like, when it's like your first like love or what you think love is back then, like you don't know, you don't really know, you know, everything is so heightened and you're like, yes. I can't live without this person. Like I'm obsessed. We're going to get married. We're going to have kids. Like this right. is like our whole life, whatever. And then when things, bad things happen, it's not like, oh, they're not bad enough for me to leave them. It's just, it's just happening, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I was in that high school relationship and that relationship basically looked like us arguing all the time, breaking up, getting back together, like up, down, up, down. Um, it even got like physically abusive before like this one time when um, he, I said something like shut up or something in front of his god brother and um, he was like, come out here, like out of the room. And I come out the room and he's like, closes the door and he literally like pushes me to the ground. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what the heck? Mm -hmm. And I'm just like so shook at it too. Cause you're like, what the heck is even going on? Like this person's pushing, like am I like in a fight right now? Yeah. And so they push me to the ground and then I get back up and I'm like, and he's like kind of like cussing at me. He's like, don't ever effing speak to me like that or something like that. And then like, he like pushes me against the wall, like in a way that it was like hurting, like, my boob area basically like yeah, to be yeah. super transparent like that's how he was doing it and then like he like kind of oops i hit the mic and then he kind of like um threw me on the couch and i started crying and then that's when he like stopped and was like why are you crying and i was like because you're literally hurting me or whatever like that was the only time i ever got physical but he was mentally and verbally verbally abusive many times where mm -hmm. like I got dropped off from school one time. Well, he tried to come to my house because he was saying someone was after him. No one was after him. I think he was, just, I was just ignoring him. And so he got to my house before I did. So I was like, let me through the gate. I come, I'm wearing like a sweater dress. It's supposed to be a sweater, but I'm wearing it as a dress, but it's like my sister, so it's super long. And he literally pulls it up and it was like, you're not wearing anything under here. And so he was like abusive in that, like where he was like trying to be controlling. Mm. Um, and then there were moments where I would cry and he'd be like, stop crying, like you're, you like look ugly when you're crying and like just things like that like it's yeah. like that type of like abuse and it's crazy because the only time that i i mean even through all of that i was like i still want to be with him like mm -hmm. i'm still like in love with him like we're still gonna get married all those things and then the relationship progressed or whatever and at one point we got in an argument and we broke up and it was like the last time we broke up like we were just like it's just not gonna work or whatever and so mm. that is like how that ended but the crazy thing is is like even through all of that abuse sometimes you don't want to let go and yeah. I don't and I think the only reason I was able to let go is because he was like I'm done mm -hmm. and it's like I was like no and he was like it's like done and now I'm thankful that he said that like I'm thankful that God like allowed that to happen like sometimes God if you don't have the strength to be like no and walk away like he'll make the other person walk away from you yeah you know? Ooh, that part right there well first of all thank you for sharing your testimony because that was deep and that was rough and i can relate to it in so many ways that part about control and all the things that my ex used to say to me literally would just just continue to cycle through my mind even like right when I started walking with God, I realized that the things that he said were the thoughts that I was fighting. And I thought they were my thoughts. So I internalized what he was saying about me. And I thought those thoughts about me. Um, but I was in an eight year relationship in high school and um, starting in high school. And that got physical. There were times where he um, I don't even know what he got mad about. But I just remember, I remember one time I went to go visit him and he got mad that we got in an argument before we were supposed to go out. And um, 
he, I like ran to the closet cause he pushed me and I hit my head on the couch and I was like, oh heck no. So I locked myself in the closet. <laughs> I'm like, this is about to get crazy. I locked myself in the closet. I, I remember I was like, I, I feel like I went back to little girl mode and I started to shrink and I put on Selena cause I was like, this is, this reminds me of being with my grandpa. It reminds me of a safe space. And he broke in the closet and he pushed me again in the drawer one of the drawers in the bathroom was open and I like fell back and it left a little scar on my booty. <laughs> but that is like, it's just not okay. And it's so crazy how in our mind, we we accept those things because what I was really doing in that throughout that eight-year relationship was running from what I didn't want to face. I didn't mm -hmm. want to face family problems that I was dealing with back home. Mm -hmm. So that led me to riding the Metro for four hours every weekend to there and back at the end of the weekend to go back to school. And I thought that that was okay. Like I mm -hmm. just kept accepting what I thought I deserved. Mm -hmm. And I was also fighting for a relationship because I saw how bad my parents' divorce ended. Mm -hmm. So that made me like, no, I'm gonna make this work. You know, I'm gonna do the opposite and I'm gonna make everything okay. And I'll accept whatever, I'm gonna stick through it because I saw, I, what I thought I saw my parents give up on is what I was trying to fight for in my current mm -hmm. relationship. So even now when I'm talking to people about relationships, I'm like, girl, you need mm -hmm. to go before it gets worse. Mm -hmm. Because there's a point where God is like, there, there's almost a point where it's like, you're backed up in a corner and it's like, what else is gonna happen? And mm -hmm. there, there can be more if you mm -hmm. just don't let go. Okay. so. Thank you for sharing. And it, I mean, eight years is crazy mm -hmm. to endure that much like pain, that much heartache, that much fake love or like idea of love. And mm -hmm. so for you to go through that and you sit here as the person you are today is literally like a testimony and uh, like a testimony to what God can do yeah. in your life. Like you're never too far from God's reach. You're never too like damaged to traumatized or anything like that for God to turn it around completely. And you sit here like married, pretty, up, up, sitting straight, like all those things. And it's like, you don't look like your past, you know? Yeah. And that's so amazing. But I do want to ask you, like, what was the turning point for you to finally walk away from that eight year relationship? So I started reading a book and it was basically kind of going off of or going deeper, leaning deeper into like following your gut. Mm -hmm. And after we got in that fight, I was literally thinking this can't be the best that God has for me. Mm -hmm. And I went home and it's crazy because he visited me for my birthday. After that, we went to a concert wild. Um, and Okay, I'll say why it's wild. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, was the concert wild? So he used to like to do ecstasy and mm -hmm. I would do it just because he wanted to do it. And he flew out for my birthday, got me, nope, I paid for the tickets. And um, we did ecstasy that night. We went to my friend's house after and I woke up to them about to kiss. And I literally remember socking both of them, like just waking up and hitting them. And I was, I was still waking up. So I was like, am I dreaming? But then, you know, when you, you, you're dreaming and you're, mm -hmm. and you can't connect when you hit somebody, <laughs> I connected. And so I was like, well, this is real life. So after that, it's crazy because I still accepted that relationship. There was mm -hmm. the, what really ended it was we went camping, like maybe, I don't know how, how much later and i remember he got i saw his his instagram was open and i saw a dm and i've seen so many girls reach out to him but i was like i never saw him do it i never mm -hmm. saw him in the act i never saw like hard evidence that he was doing something and then i saw him reply and the way he replied was it literally flipped my mind into into thinking you are not who i thought you actually were mm -hmm. and i was like it was like 
it was like cold turkey. And I was like, you know what? And this is not gonna make me bitter because I love love. Mm -hmm. And so after that, um, I just, I let him go. Mm -hmm. That was it. Was it? <laughs> and that was that. <laughs> and that was that. But what, okay, that's crazy. Like the ecstasy part is crazy too because I relate to that because I also did ecstasy when I was with the relationship that I was with. But wow. I was so like wild or like kind of trying to escape something, I think. I think like mm -hmm. the relationship wasn't good that I was almost like he was saying, don't do ecstasy, but I was like, I'm still going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I would be on it, but he wouldn't know I was on it, which is wow. like so wild. And I think like looking back at it, like, I don't know if it was the relationship was so bad. And I was like, kind of like using it as a escape mechanism, you know, because it's one of those things that obviously you're not in reality anymore when you do something like that. Um, so just like the, the like alignments or like parallels are crazy. Yeah. But you cut him off cold turkey. And so as you move on with your life, like what are some of the things that kind of like stuck with you after like in other relationships or even in your daily life like were there any triggers or any things where it's like now if like he ever said something and now you always think that later which mm -hmm. i think you kind of mentioned and mm -hmm. so talk about some of the things that like were residuals as a result of that relationship okay first i kind of want to go back and mention how if you look at what i said or listen to what i said there were like three different things three really big reasons why I could have broken up with him, but mm -hmm. I continue to stay. And those are the moments where you're in a relationship and you're like, eh, it's okay. But I wanna tell you that if there are clear signs that you're not supposed to be in a relationship, it will only get worse. Mm -hmm. You're The first one, he put his hands on me. The second one was the concert. The third one was camping. And it was like, I decided to continue in that relationship when God was clearly showing me, you gotta go. Mm -hmm. Um, but to bring up your question, the person that I spoke to right after I did. So I was in the relationship for eight years. I spoke to someone maybe like a month later. Cause I was like, I'm not even interested in that guy. Mm -hmm. Like I'm done. I'm done, done. So I started talking to someone like a month later and I expected him to be on me how my ex was. And when he wasn't, I was like, you must not be that into me. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that he was a really honest person and was telling me everything up front after he kind of observed like I was a little needy. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely had this codependency that I expected to go on in other relationships too. I relate to that completely. Like where you are, like you associate love with being obsessed with someone. Like mm -hmm. that's how I was too. Like if you're not obsessed with me, if you're not calling me all the time, texting me all the time, if I'm not da 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 da, like obsessively like into a toxic way, then it's like, we're not in love yeah. or whatever. And it's like, even though that, like that one of those, that was like the residual you said, um, aside from like, and not mentioning like the physical and stuff, it's crazy how like in, in that relationship, you might've not even thought that that was bad for you to be like obsessed with someone or be like, oh, I just really like them. Like what's wrong with being obsessed with my man or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's like, it is unhealthy and it is toxic. I'll also share like another thing that was like a residual in my relationship, um, which was, that happened later, but I didn't realize literally until like a year ago. And it's so crazy how things can be so deep rooted in you that you don't even know that they affect you. And when um. I was in therapy, I remember like, I kept, <laughs> Doc, um, <laughs> you've heard about him. So I remember that I was, um, every time I would cry, I would apologize or something. Mm. And he was like, why do you apologize while you, why you, when you cry? And I'm like, I don't know because I'm just crying or whatever. Like I never really had an answer because I was like, I don't know why I apologize. I think it just was like, sorry, give me a second or sorry or whatever. Yeah. And then like doing some like work with him and like thinking back and everything like that, I was like kind of linking it, which was crazy. It's like, 
it was like when I had mentioned earlier, it was like when my ex used to be like, why are you crying? Like you look ugly when you're crying, mm. you know? And so like, it's crazy how I didn't even real like I'm a crier and you know, I'm a cry. Like I, I might break yeah. down right now. <laughs> <laughs> at, at the drop of a dime. <laughs> so I cry over anything. And so like I never stopped crying, but I think I was just like apologizing for crying yeah. or something. And then like anytime I would cry, I'd be like, I don't really want to be in front of people or or whatever because I thought I looked ugly or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like crying is such a like a normal emotion or whatever. And so, anyways, to that point, like it's crazy. Like sometimes things that you go through won't get addressed until later in life because yeah. that high school relationship was I don't even want to say on camera like ten plus years. Ten plus years. I thought you were speaking in tongues. No, like ten, ten plus years. Um, but it's so long ago, and just a year ago is when I linked that whole s- apologizing for crying to that. Mm. And so it's just like crazy how that happens. I just like wanted to mention that. Yeah, I. So one of the things that I definitely that definitely shifted my mind and manipulated my mind was not only culture, but in that relationship, he loved when I would like wear like. Uh, exposing clothes and stuff mm-hmm. like that and loved when guys would look at me. Now you look at my husband today. <laughs> um, I wouldn't test him. Uh, <laughs> but it's so crazy. He took off his glasses. <laughs> He's here. Uh, um, but I, I wouldn't think to do that because I see myself as pure i see myself as i see my body as a temple whereas mm-hmm. he was looking at my body as like an object mm. um so it took me a long time because after that relationship i was in the club and i was out there and then i remember posting a picture one time on social media and i think i was i wasn't even in a bathing suit. it was just a dress that was like super revealing and i was mm-hmm. like well what am i gonna post next because mm-hmm. i'm already exposing so much and that's what would get the likes so me thinking that I can uh, gain people's attention by exposing myself. I had to really, really walk with God out on that because even culture today is mm-hmm. like, show some skin, get some attention, you mm-hmm. know, show some skin, be sexual, and you'll get more likes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a long one. No, that was good though. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I felt like so many people expose skin and they think like that's gonna get the right attention or mm-hmm. if I wear something super tight, like that's gonna get the right attention and stuff. But you're sitting here and talking about your husband who's like, you don't even play that with him because that's not what, that like he doesn't want that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like the person that a lot of people want are thinking opposite than what they think they're thinking. Yeah, that makes sense. You yeah. know, like they're, they're gonna look at you differently than what, how you actually think they're gonna look at you. But speaking of your marriage, I wanna say, I wanna ask something. So. Um, I kind of want you to compare what it feels like to be in your marriage mm-hmm. versus any other relationship that you've ever been in. And what I mean by that is like on a deeper level, like the feelings you have, like mm-hmm. the towards that, like how it feels, like literally feels to be mm-hmm. in something like a godly relationship, kingdom built relationship versus all the other ones you've been in. Okay. So the first thing that comes to mind was <laughs> it was triggered because when I was healing from my first relationship, I remember one time when I was filming for Children's Church, something Rick had said something that uh, someone in a previous relationship said, but in a really bad way. I remember I was going to go out with some girlfriends and um, he was like, if you don't, if you go out, then leave your keys at the front desk. 
And I was like, what the frick? So, and he was like, he, he basically said something along the lines of like, I don't care about your friends. And there was a situation where Rick and I first started talking. That's my husband. <laughs> and um, he, it, I was about to go on a trip or something like that. And he said playfully, like, I don't, I don't care, like, about your friends, but it wasn't, it, I don't know if it was like verbatim, mm -hmm. but it brought me back to that moment. And I literally, after children, I didn't respond to him for like five hours. And that was a long time because me and him had been consistently talking. And I remember going to your house. I was literally gonna be like, is it that time you were wearing that yes, black dress? I remember, <laughs> yep. And I remember going to your house and I was like, no, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I can't. And then you were like, Mariah, think about Rick. Would he ever say something condescending like that or like evil? And I was like, that's exactly what God told me to do. Mm -hmm. And I had to really think about his heart. And it's crazy because in Woman Evolve, Pastor Sarah talks about how whenever her and uh, PT are in an argument, she says, Lord, show me his heart. Mm -hmm. And once I see that and go back to him in a soft moment, I'm like, I could never think of him doing me wrong, saying something that would hurt me intentionally. Mm -hmm. um, and that him being the way he is creates such a safe space for me. Mm -hmm. Being with him has also brought up my passion and what I, what is my purpose. I remember one time we were having a conversation and he was like, you talk about food, but you don't talk about food. Uh, but Chanel doesn't talk about food the way you talk about food. And I was Hold like, on, no, no, I was <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I literally don't. And then I was like, I like food the way you like music. And I was like, mm. a light bulb literally went off. And then from then on, he's spoken life into that side, that, that in me. And he's pulled out so much of me. He sees me. Mm -hmm. Like, like you said, friendships, they'll, they'll hold up a mirror to you. And he'll also talk me out of the moments where I can't, I feel like I can't get out. He'll call me out. You call me out. <laughs> um, being in this marriage is so healthy. And one of the keys to it being so healthy is us both going to God. Mm -hmm. There will be times where he doesn't even know I'm having a rough moment. And I'll come home and there's a letter for me. Mm -hmm. And he knows my love language is words of affirmation. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I love the like kick up. Yeah, because it makes me so excited. And it's mm -hmm. so crazy because we were just on a flight. We were watching a movie. And in the movie, the, there was this girl. She was taking care of a man. And um, he came over to her birthday party. So she was working with him. He came over to her birthday part, her birthday party at her house. And her boyfriend got her a heart with his name on it for her birthday. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, thank you. And then she had told the guy that she worked with that she loved these stockings that were black and yellow stripes. Mm -hmm. And she had this funky style, but she just continued to be herself. Mm -hmm. And when she opened the box, she got so excited that I felt it. And I literally started bawling because he pays attention to... Mm -hmm every little thing about me. And that is priceless. Someone that pays attention to you, mm -hmm. they don't just observe your outside perspective. They're actually seeing you and hearing you. Mm -hmm. That is like, I never knew that. That's so good. So you mentioned that like he creates a safe space for you, which mm -hmm. is so important for you to like be able to be vulnerable, to open up, but also so that you know whenever he is telling you something maybe about yourself, but you've expressed to me a bunch of times that he's done that. And I was like, dang, I don't know if I'm ready for that. But, um, <laughs> no, but, um, but like when he does do that, like you feel safe, you know, it's not yeah. coming from a place of like ill will or a place of like a bad place or anything. And then like the hearing you, like fully hearing you, not like listening to you just talk or whatever, but it's like hearing you and then taking that and turning it into like something else mm -hmm. is so great. Um, and I love that.
Wait, can we go back to what you were saying earlier about that one time where I said, how come you didn't call me? I remember this one time where (laughs) I made out with somebody and it was someone that we had been talking about for a little while. And you had already been telling me like, "Mm -mm, this isn't the guy because you already told me who you want. And it's crazy because I don't even know how how short the time frame was from when we asked each other what we want in a partner. And it it was such a serious conversation. It was like, I want a God-fearing man. I want someone that's faithful. I want someone that is after God's heart. I want someone that is pure and celibate celibate Mm -hmm. so um i hung out with him and we just he knew i was celibate and we just made out and so i told you and it was at like a community group meetup and um yeah you were telling me no right that's not the guy and i was just like it's just kissing and you were like no that's not the guy that you said you wanted to be with and so i started asking other people well i was like kind of like you shouldn't have kissed them. I think I was, yes. like, I, was like, kind of, I was like kind of against the kiss. And yeah. you were like, what's wrong with just a kiss? And you're like, I was like, because that's not the guy you want to be with, so why are you kissing him? Also, like, it opens up new doors. I don't know if I said all that, but like, I was like against the kiss. And then yeah. you, and then go on. <laughs> Let me make that clear. So I was like, I don't like that. So I'm going to go ask some other people. And I was basically like, if you just kiss someone, it's not that bad, right? Like it's just, it's kissing. I didn't have sex. We didn't do anything else. Like it was just kissing. And in that moment, just reflecting on it, I was searching for validation when I wanted people to be on my side. Um, but in that moment, she was also showing me me and what mm-hmm. I really wanted and reminding me what I wanted. Cause sometimes we can get into a space where we see, what is it? What did Pastor Steph say? When the real thing is coming, what comes up right before it? Like frauds? fraud yeah (laughs) basically fraud basically fraud but like Uh, something that kind of looks like it but it's not god or something yes so and it's crazy because right after that rick my now husband was right there me and Mm -hmm. him started getting closer Mm -hmm. right after that so yeah i had to bring that up because there are times where you're like in a thing and you Mm -hmm. just don't see it and you also don't want to go to the person that you know is going to sharpen you in that moment like iron sharpens iron i was like i knew she was going to say that but so you you were literally asking every person there (laughs) Not every person, but she asked like five people. So I'm like, do you think kissing is bad? It's never just kissing. Yeah. And it does matter. It does matter. Okay. <laughs> just to be clear, it Why does matter. <laughs> it does matter. All right. So we're going to move on to the next topic, which okay. is still toxicity, but toxic friendships. So me and Mariah have a very, very, like almost too similar experience yeah. with toxic friendships. Um, and mainly like one specific person I'm talking about for me. I had a friend for 12 years best friend is what I considered her like middle school to right after like after high school blah, blah blah and it was a very toxic friendship that I didn't even know was toxic until mm-hmm. later and t- towards the end I knew more once I started to like devote my life to God that's when God was like revealing so many things to me um but that friendship basically consisted of a lot of things we did together that were like we used to do drugs together we used to drink together we used to go hook up with guys together we used to like we were living this life where it was like I don't give a dang I'm a party I'm a drink I'm a hook up with whoever I want because we're feminists <laughs> uh, we were so young we didn't even know what we were talking about and we were gonna do any type of drugs like any type of drugs and to be transparent on this like podcast which is like what I always want spiritual slang to be and just so you can kind of see that you can come from anywhere it's like we were like snorting things together and Mm. we were popping ecstasy and doing molly and xanax and drinking and everything like that um and then I moved away to college and that kind of stopped or whatever because I wasn't always with her not that she was peer pressuring me to it but like that was 
kind of like what she liked to do mm-hmm. and I like to do, but what we like to do together, basically, you know, when yeah. you create this bond with someone, you're like, we're party girls. And that was like your persona, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then I moved back to L.A. and I um, found God. God found me, pulled me mm-hmm. here. Um, and I, I started like laying down my life for God and I started saying no. And when I came back, I was like, when she wanted to party, I was like, no, I don't really want to go out. Like, I don't really want to do that stuff anymore, blah, blah, blah. And the moment I started saying no is when that when she started to get like, oh, you think you're too good now? Or like, mm-hmm. you think because you're a Christian, da, 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 like you're not a good person. Aren't Christians supposed to be good? We went out one last time with our mutual friend and I don't know, we got in some type of argument and she wanted to fight me. And from that t- moment, I was like, I'm done. Like I was like, she literally wants to fight me. It was in West Hollywood. Like she, she was like, my, our friend was like standing in between us so that she wouldn't try to hit me. Wow. Um, and then after that, I remember she texted me and was like, can we, can we talk about it? And I was like, sure, I'll go after, go after work or whatever. And I never went. And this is God because I thought like, I definitely was going to have a text from her the next day. Like, why didn't you show up? Blah, blah, blah. Or she was going to call me and be like, where are you? Cause I told her I would go like around six or something. And I never went. And it just was like, that was it. And God gave like the grace for that relationship to end. Mm. Like I just didn't like he was like, I'll take care of it, you know? Right. And so I laid that friendship down. And the moment I laid that friendship down, it was like, community came Mm -hmm. and that before I get into the residuals tell your story oh my gosh so talking about how you guys used to do drugs we used to smoke and drink at the club and it used to be we used to think that was like the best thing ever we used to go to the strip we used to okay we used to go to the club till 2 a.m then we go to the strip club after and I thought I liked it because the (laughs) ambiance what the frick not the strip club ambiance it's so nice it's so nice to throw money um but um, I remember there was a time where it's so crazy because the people that you are close to, they really hold an influence over you. Mm-hmm. And I remember she was dating someone that was close to the person that I was talking to. And she texted me that night and said, I had sex. And I was with the guy that I was talking to. So I had sex. That's not okay. Yeah. And there were times where, and talking about bringing up the fact that your friend wanted to fight you. I I used to fight people like I used to be like, who wants to fight? Like I would look for fights. Um, And we knew that in that punch story. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I remember after I read the four agreements, it was like, don't take things personal personally. I feel like I was like, I'm never going to fight anyone again. Like, I don't know these people. What if they're having a bad day and then I fight them? And that's not, that's not going to add to, I don't want to add to their bad day. (laughs) That was my logic back then. Um, But I remember one time her and I got in an argument and she said, when I was talking to you, I saw red. And when I heard that, I was like, how can you ever see red with someone that you say you're so close to that I'm your sister. And that just like flipped a switch. And then I started seeing the way she was. I started seeing our codependency as friends. And I was like, I think I'm doing the same thing that I was doing in high school with her. Because I was going, instead of sleeping at my house, I would sleep at her house. Mm -hmm. We would have fun and she's a great, great woman. But I did realize that there are certain spirits and people that you can't save them from. So, and it's so beautiful because even now, like if I do think about her, I'll pray for her. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. I had a client recently who reminded me so much of her, but like almost like the healed version of her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like God will do that sometimes and show you like he is evident, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's just like, I know you miss this person, but I'm still taking care of them. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about like, she's a great person, but like there's certain things that you can't like heal them from Mm -hmm. essentially. 
because that's so good because it's like bigger than just the person you know yeah i mean it's like not it's not like her essentially it's more so their trauma it's like the spirit it's like everything that they've allowed to come in them and then that's why they're reacting like in a certain way right um but what was like when did you leave that friendship because it wasn't that long ago right yeah maybe a year or two ago maybe um let me think what happened there were two times i left that friendship um the first time i got into a relationship and it's so she was very discerning and it scared me because Mm -hmm. i introduced her to my Mm ex-fiance and she didn't he wasn't my fiance yet but um she when she met him she ended up having an allergic reaction and i was like this is weird um and she was like i don't know something's wrong with him and he proposed to me like three months later and she was like, this is moving too fast and all this stuff. And I was like, this is supposed to be someone that I'm going to be with. And you're almost like an- antagonizing the relationship. Like there was a time where we were going to go bowling. It was like me, my ex, her, her uh, and some friends. She was going to invite the guy that was friends with the guy that I kissed. Okay. And I was like, why would you why would yeah. you do that? Like, like this is someone that I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with and you're trying to manipulate it. So he was like, you need to cut her off because it's like that I'm supposed to, I'm going to be your husband. So I cut her off and then I started walking with God and I was like, I would tell her like, I came back because I learned so much and I want to like, I want to share the things I learned with you. I was so excited and she had this wall up at first. And then I remember there were times where like for my birthday and times where I would be hanging out with you and the gang and I would want to bring her, but I was like, I don't think it's gonna, I I don't think it's gonna be fun Mm -hmm. for her. And, and then there were times where like you said, your friend would be like, you're boring now. Like you're not drinking. I would be like, no, I can have just as much fun, but I don't have to drink anymore. But she didn't understand that. She would call me out on it. And then that led to other people that were there calling me out on it. And I was just mm-hmm. like, this like isn't fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just seeing signs that were showing me that we're just not on the same page anymore. Yeah. And I think to the point of like, call it like being mad at you about like not drinking anymore. Or like I could still have fun. I don't have to drink. I think when people put you certain people will put you in a box, right? Mm -hmm. And if they see you as one way, then they can't see you as the evolving version, you know? And that's like the biggest issue with like, with some friendships that you have from like maybe your past life or something. It's like, once you start being like, oh, this is like who I am, like God's child and like kind of living in that, they're like, "Uh uh-uh, I liked you as my sidekick, essentially. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like I liked you behind me. Like I liked you like following me and doing what I did. Well, that's like my story. Like, and so the moment I was like, this is me, it's like, no, you need to. Yeah, you need to dim your light. You yeah. need to settle back there, settle mm-hmm. back there. I remember mm-hmm. one time we went to the club and it was a point where I wasn't really like going to the club to get uh, attention from guys. Like I was just going just for the turn up. Like I was just going just to dance and like laugh and crack up and crack jokes with her. But she would always get attention. She's beautiful. And one time after the club, a guy came up to me and was asking me for my number and she like shooed him away. I was like, what the frick? I'll never like, mm-hmm. I don't talk, to, I don't really talk mm-hmm. to guys at the club like that. And you're going to like shoo them away. So that was weird. And then I talked to one of my other friends who was friends with her and she's like, yeah, she did that to me before too. And I was like, mm. yeah, like sometimes people like to be the front of attention or mm-hmm. like the leader in it all. Mm-hmm. And then the moment like anyone else gets like light or like notice, they're like, no, yeah, shut that down real quick. And that's what I love about our friendship because we can like, we can literally like 
how to support each other in mm-hmm. a way that is so pure and loving that I feel like when you win, I'm winning too. Yeah. Like that's yeah. how genuine yeah. my excitement is for you. And I was not, I'm not getting that from her. And that's, and that's so true. Cause you're, you're like the most supportive person I know and like very, mm-hmm. like very like cheerleader style, but that's something I had to learn. Like, it's something like when you come from a friendship where things are kind of competitive, essentially, like, and you go into new friendships, regardless if they're godly or not, like, you bring that stuff with you, you know? And so it's like, do I have to compete with this person? Do I, should I be getting more attention? Like, things like that are things like I had to learn even in our friendship, like, how to navigate it. And I only was able to learn through it is because of God, because God Mm -hmm. was like, Chanel, come on, you know, you know, it ain't, you know, it ain't that. And like, God will do something new. That's so funny. My thought just came back to me about when I lost the thought earlier now that I have it. But God was like, you're going to bring it up right here. But anyways, like God does when God does something new, it's going to look completely different. Mm-hmm. Like when God does something, it's new, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. And mm-hmm. so it looks completely di- different. It feels completely different, which is like what I had to deal with going into new friendships that were godly friendships. I had to let go of like the mindsets that I had in that old friendship where it felt like always I was always trying to compete with someone or did I need the attention? Cause she always wanted the attention. And I felt like I was fighting for attention when I was like in her shadow in a sense. Right. But now like being in like really good friendships, I'm like, no, everyone can win. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be like, everyone has their moment. You know what I mean? And so sometimes other people have like the shine and then you have the shine. And it's just like, that's just the way life is really. Yeah. Um, so that's like one of the biggest like lessons I learned and things that I had to like take or let go of and then learn when I got into like godly friendships. Mm-hmm. All right. I feel like I've had conversations like this with different people or I've heard it or something where like sometimes we don't want to let go of the old because we're afraid of being lonely. Right. Mm-hmm. And that could be a friendship or a relationship or anything. And so what would you say to someone who is afraid of letting go of an old friendship or an old relationship <clears throat> because they're afraid of being alone? But really that like relationship or friendship is stopping them from becoming who they truly are meant to be. Oof. Okay, so I just thought of this sermon piece that Tim Ross spoke about, about Mm -hmm. being in an elevator of life. So basically, like if you have people on level five, your elevator's full, right? They're consuming so much space in your life. Um, And if they're supposed to get off on level seven and they don't, when you get to level 10, You don't have room for the new people and trust and believe it was so hard to let that friendship go. Like I cried. And even recently when I saw the the patient that reminded me of like a healed version of her, I cried too because I cherish that friendship so much. But what God really did was he gave me people that we still have that same level of like, let's call it litness, <laughs> um, but just in a different way. And it's not in a way where it's bringing me down. It's mm-hmm. not in a way where I am shaming my body or showing my body. Um, it's in a way that's edifying. It's in a way that's uplifting mm-hmm. to not only me, but to them too. Like mm-hmm. like you said, when, I, when you win, we all win. Um, so in these spaces where the new friends are, it's like... Like I said earlier, God puts keys in other people to mm-hmm. help you on your healing journey. I get different pieces of healing through the people that God brings to me. Mm-hmm. Now, if I were to block that off and or if I didn't take the time to work on myself to able to be able to steward a friend like you, um, I don't think we would be here. Yeah. So it takes a lot of um, self-work, mm-hmm. too, because I would not have been able to carry our, not, I'm not saying I carry our friendship, but I wouldn't be able to carry myself in conversations with you if I didn't mm-hmm. do the self work too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answered your question. No, it did. It did. Um, 
And that and that's really good because it is like stewarding friendships. Like friendships are work, you know, and like what yes. God gives to us, anything God gives to us, we have to steward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say also like to the letting, like if you're afraid to let go, we're sitting here as living testament. Like it's better on this side than the other side. It is way better. Like to the edifying point that you said, um, like even though like it can be uncomfortable, like these new friendships, it's I. Ha- it brings a piece that I don't even know how to really explain what it feels like to be in healthy relationships, mm-hmm. but it feels, it feels good. Like you feel like you're, you're living life with purpose. Yes. Essentially, you know? Yes. And so it's like, if you're afraid of being alone, like endure the loneliness or like being alone for a little bit so that you could learn, like you said, learn about yourself, learn what's right and what's wrong. And like, God will bring you overflow you know yes. you might have to lay down one friendship but he'll bring you a, com- a group a group of people mm-hmm. that do so much more for you than that one friendship could ever do you know yeah um that's awesome can i bring up something yeah like you said that friendships take work and this is my maid of honor she did so much she even helped my husband plan I was, I was <laughs> <laughs> who were you gonna say i was the reason <laughs> She was. She no. was the plug. Oh my gosh, she was the plug. I, we were in not us yelling. People have to turn, sorry, you guys turn down now. Um, but <laughs> just remembering right now, um, I she was my first friend at church, and there was a time where I was just going to church, and I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna get in, get the word, go out. Um, but I remember God put it on my heart to do to be a teacher for children's church. The way that that happened was so smooth and effortless. Like I couldn't have written a better story. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing you and Vanessa walking through the church, and you know how I feel like God gives you a little like eh, when you look at someone that is gonna be you're gonna be close to because I felt that with you guys, mm-hmm. and I was like. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're in children's church and we become close. And then you told me about Rick mm-hmm. and his music. And I was, I saw him the first time I saw him. I was like, oh, he cute. And so I was really shy. And I remember asking yeah. you, what was the name? I was like, what's the name of the album? And you're like, ask him yourself, girl, you know the name of that album. But I, but that literally just led to more interactions with my now husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when COVID happened, I think he, he was starting to, I think he already got the feeling that I was kind of like hugging him a little extra or like at that time, he'll, he'll talk about how a lot of women were on him. So he was just like, nah, to everybody. Um, but after that, like shortly after you meet asking about what the name of his album was, you, um, we all became close during COVID. Mm-hmm. And it was in that safe place. It was in that community where I found my husband. Mm-hmm. Now fast forward, he proposes to me and you're all up in it. Your mom is helping with the flowers. Like what? <laughs> like what? And in a time where someone, I could have been with a friend who didn't support all of that, mm-hmm. who wasn't with me during mm-hmm. COVID and playing game nights, playing water gun fights and dark tag. tag. Like we have so <laughs> much fun. When I was letting go of the last relationship, I was really thinking like, oh my gosh, like there were levels of like, um, of just, what is it? Like my walls being completely down that I don't know I'm going to be able to find another friendships. It wasn't until COVID that I really like you know those moments where you're like, whoa, I'm here. I'm in the moment that I prayed mm-hmm, for. Mm-hmm. I We were laughing, crying, and having so much fun. And it's crazy because I was mourning what I thought I was never going to have, but God gave me like tenfold in mm-hmm. you and all the other people in our gang. That was such a good time. And so, 
What a beautiful story. But I also want to say, because I never knew that story where you said that you saw me and Vanessa. Yeah. But on your wedding day, I told you that moment that I saw you before I knew you. Remember at the woman event and I told you that you got out of your old Honda. I remember trying to find parking because it was like where there's no parking or whatever. And I remember I saw you got out your, got you get out your car and I was like, oh, like, I don't know how to explain the exact thought, but it was like, it was like that, like, like jolt, you know, where it's like, oops, I hit the mic. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was like, it was like that jolt where it's like, I knew that we could be friends or that you could be something in my life. Mm -hmm. and, but like, we never talked at that woman event or anything. And I was like, oh, she looks cute. And then I saw you inside and you were like at a different table. And, but like, I noticed you, you know? And then I saw you in children's church and that's like when we actually became friends, which God put on my heart to do children's church too. Um, and it was like so clear and so evident. And, and yeah, so that's like community, 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 like good yeah. friendships bring so much to your life other than just that friendship you know yes and they make you more into who you are because i just thought about as you were talking like i just i was just getting so excited inside <laughs> and one of the biggest things that i want to share is whenever i'm with chanel i ne i have never left you feeling drained mm -hmm. i've never left your presence feeling like stressed out and that is completely different than what I used to experience mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. I feel like I used to carry the weight of other people. I feel like when we talk and we open up to each other, we we both know that we are hearing from God and it's not through our own strength. So whenever we do talk to each other and we're filling each other up, it's like we also get poured into because God mm -hmm. is also speaking to us as we're mm -hmm. pouring out. Because some of the times she'll be going through something and I'm talking and I'm like, dang, I need this for myself. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, literally. And some, sometimes the things you're going through is like aligned or like you're talking about something and I'm like, oh, I never actually expressed that I was dealing with that too. But now that we're like, we're talking about it, mm -hmm. it's, I'm getting filled up, like you said too. And so it's just so beautiful. Um, <laughs> I tree, but okay. <laughs> so before we end, I want to do a very ca not casual. I mean, we're kind of casual, but like a very like transparent moment. And throughout this episode, we were talking about um, old friendships or relationships. But throughout that, we we're talking about like things we used to do, right? Like mm -hmm. our old selves, essentially what that used to look like, things we used to participate in and all of those. So what was the hardest part about letting go of the old version of you? Because even though, and I'll preface this, even mm -hmm. though like that version essentially wasn't good about, you know, like the things we were doing isn't good or isn't something that like I'd want my daughter to be doing or anything like that. Like it was still only what I knew. Mm -hmm. And so it was still hard to like let it go. But what was the hardest part for you? I think the hardest part was receiving conviction and knowing that it was out of love mm -hmm. because I've only received condemnation. I've only received, um, and just to clarify, like condemnation is like judgment and mm -hmm. like intense judgment. Um, so when I would receive conviction out of love, I didn't know how to process that. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know how to receive love until God had to keep working on my heart and showing me like, no, 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 no. take the walls down, let it go. Um, because I, there is a higher version of yourself that is doing the things that you want to do, that you mm -hmm. thrive to do, that you see other people doing. I didn't think about that when I was thinking about the hardest part, but it did, then I like, it popped in my head. And I was like, that is really hard. It's the, it's the being able to receive the conviction. Mm -hmm. And the conviction is basically a correction from God, mm -hmm. um, but it's a loving correction to make you better but it's hard to receive it. It was hard to receive it for me because it was like, well, does that mean I'm bad, God? Like, yeah. like, is it, am I bad? Like, am I not good people or whatever, you know? And so it makes you look at yourself and you're like realizing essentially bad thoughts that you have mm -hmm. or bad behaviors that you have. And that's hard to face. And so letting go of your old self, which I th is what you were saying is like, you have to be able to 
open the door to your new self Mm -hmm. and that that's hard in itself because of like the conviction and the growth that you have to do um so yeah that's really good so yeah Yeah. you did answer the question amen (laughs) so yeah (laughs) how does this life differ from the other life like on a deep feeling level i feel like i was selfless in a idolizing way towards people Mm -hmm. and now i feel like god has shown me how to serve And so when I'm doing things, it's so fulfilling because I know what I'm doing is not just for me. And sometimes even when he'll tell me to do something, I get like, I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't want to do this. But he's like, it's not just for you. And when he tells me that, that literally softens my heart so much. Like there's things going on at work right now. And he's literally telling me like, this is not for you because you already got what you're fighting for. But this is for the women coming behind you. Mm. And I think that just the way he's changed my heart posture, because I never thought that I would think this way. I always thought like, oh, it's me and him and we're going to get this. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 us till the wheels roll off. And now it's like, oh, hey. in this, oh, that was the ex relationship. No, but now in this relationship, it's like, no, we're fighting for a kingdom. We're fighting mm-hmm. for territory. We're fighting for uh, like everybody around us, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, it's, it's just different. It's the purpose. Yes. It's finding purpose. Like that's yeah. what differs. And that's alignment. Cause I wrote in my journal this morning and I said, cause like with any episode that I do, it's always like nerve wracking for me. Like I wasn't a speaker. I was like super shy, like everything like that. Um, but I was writing in my journal and I was reading something and it was like, it was the Esther scripture where she was talking about like, it, he was saying like, what if you were, if you don't do it, it's going to happen. But like, what if you were made for it? But your family will perish. Like, what if you were made for a time like this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I paraphrased that to be exact. <laughs> uh-huh. But basically, I was writing my journal and was like, God was just like downloading me and saying, like, it's not for you, though. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not even about you. Yeah. It's about everybody else that's going to watch it. It's about everybody else that needs to hear your stories, um, Mariah's story, all those things. And so, like, get out of your head about being about you or how you're going to look or how you're going to sound or anything like that. Like, it's not about you at yeah. the end of the day. We're just like vessels. And so that is like the biggest difference, like from this life to the past life is essentially like the purpose we find. Mm-hmm. And that purpose brings a peace to that surpasses all understanding. And it is like what keeps us going even in the fight, mm-hmm. because when you get saved, it's not like you don't go through hard times. Right. Some of my hardest times have been while I was saved, mm-hmm. which is so wild to even think. Because like God will break you down to build you up. And the breakdown is extremely painful. He'll test you on a whole bunch of different levels, but I wouldn't trade this life for the last because of the peace that I have in this one, like the the wholeness that I have that I didn't have in the past. Yeah. You know, it's the light. It's the light, it's the side with the light. Mm -hmm. And before we were like living in darkness. Yeah. Ooh, that's so good. You better tell them. I'm so (laughs) proud of you. Oh, I'm so proud of you. All (laughs) righty. That's a wrap on this episode of Spiritual Slang. Thank you for coming on. Of course. I hope it wasn't, I don't know what I was going to say. I hope it wasn't. I hope it was great. I mean, it was great. Yeah, I'm full. I'm full. This was amazing. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Okay, so the way we're going to end it, The way I end every episode is I say three things. And so I'll say one, you say one. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a second to think about it because I got to think about my first one. And then I'll end it with stay prayed up. Okay, okay. Go ahead. Don't stay in something just because you're afraid of being alone. You are worthy of the love and the relationships that God has for you. Aw. That was good. Stay prayed up. Bye.